Over the last few years, I've been working with a system that is an amalgamation of several things that came across my life path. And what it's led me to realize is that there's something inside of us that's physical, that's measurable, that's material, that actually controls the way that our higher will, our divine will, materializes this, this world. You're listening to the Octoply Podcast, a coherent vision for the future of business. Welcome back to the Octave Leap Podcast. Today, it's just me, and I'm here to talk about something that is so fundamental to my heart, to my being, and to the message that I carry. So let's dive in. What I've come to realize over the last few months is no amount of effort that we take will help us to reach the place that we want to go, that will help us overcome the obstacles we need to overcome in our lives. If that effort is made in a manner that is disconnected from the currents of the flow of life through our being, especially in these times, because these times are rather unforgiving for stepping out of alignment. What this means is if we're going through a challenging period, if things aren't making sense, if our relationships are falling apart, if finances are destitute and ruined and we're stuck in a state of confusion, there's no amount of efforting that can pull us out of that. An intentional act is a magical act. It's once said by a famous magician named Aleister Crowley. And what that essentially means is that when we actually connect to an act that comes from our higher will, all of a sudden we stop efforting. We start to clear the debris from our lives, the complexity the challenges that were once insurmountable just seem to move like an icebreaker through the ice. We're able to move an unstoppable force or what seems like an unstoppable force. It's because we've shifted. We've shifted into alignment with something that can move mountains. And that is often said to be our highest timeline or our essence the part of us that's connected to something far greater than the three-dimensional reality that we find ourselves in. And I believe that for everyone, we've come here with a higher vision, with a impulse and an energy that is meant to be seeded and grow in the three-dimensional world. And oftentimes, when we become conscious and we start waking up and we start following the path, we're somewhat aware of this higher calling. However, it hasn't made its way down through all the planes. It might exist on a mental level, but it hasn't quite hit us on an emotional level or materializing physically for us. And that can take time because oftentimes what happens is we've incurred certain imprints or traumas that keep us bound in a configuration outside of that higher alignment. 
And those can often have more momentum than our higher alignment. They can have a stronger pull in this reality. But if we take the time to connect back to that initial vision and really marinate in it and really allow it to infuse the cells of our body, encode them, then we're able to start to shift its migration through the lower planes, through the emotional and the physical. One thing I've noticed, especially with conscious people or spiritual people, is that on a mental level and a spiritual level, there's usually some degree of an alignment. However, there's also mental chaos, emotional chaos, and physical chaos because that force of their higher calling <clears throat> has not essentially made its way all the way down. So they're living in a bit of a schism, or as uh, G.I. Gurdjieff said, they're sitting between two stools. They're partly of this world, partly of the reality that lives in their heart. And so over the last few years, I've been working with a system that is an amalgamation of several things that came across my life path. And what it's led me to realize is that there's something inside of us that's physical, that's measurable, that's material, that actually controls the way that our higher will, our divine will, materializes in this world. It was discovered about 70 years ago. It's called DNA. DNA is quite interesting because <clears throat> it sits, there's 20 trillion cells in our body, and at the center of each cell is a strand of DNA. And that DNA is the same throughout every cell in the body. And if it changes, like a hologram, it changes in all the cells. And that modulates the signal sent to the brain, the hormonal balance in our body. It basically gives the instructions, acting as a blueprint for how things unfold when certain stimulus, we come into contact with certain stimulus. <clears throat> So if our DNA is operating out of ancestral wounding or personal wounding or environmental stress, um, when we come into contact with stimulus, it's going to likely trigger something that pulls us further out of alignment, that is painful, that induces suffering. However, if that DNA is configured in a way that is in alignment with our higher will, then that stimulus just becomes food for what we're here to do because we become invincible essentially and invincibility isn't some forceful hyper masculine <laughs> thing invincibility is the ability to relinquish all suffering relinquish all obstacles um, in a way it's sort of like when the dam breaks the river becomes invincible because no amount of water then can damage anything because there's just pure flow. If the dam is there in place, a surge of water could potentially break the dam. And the dam, these dams are essentially um, the obstructions, the contraction of life force energy, the freezing of life force energy within our being. And our inner landscape is often full of these. And Many of them we've inherited from 
somewhere before this life, from our ancestry, from our early upbringing. And as a result of that, we aren't fully aware when we get older and we go through life and we carry all of these obstructions and blockages with us. And we start to recognize the patterns that we don't like, the negative patterning that plays out in our lives. We see sometimes we become helpless observers to these playing out. Now, we're not actually helpless. We just feel that way. And at this time, with the collective evolution of consciousness, I think we've come to realize that many of the superficial layers that were once held in religion and spirituality They'll get us so far, but if we really go to the source and we really connect with that and the energies are conducive to allowing us to do that on this planet right now, if we go to that place and we adjust our own DNA, epigenetics teaches us we can do this. If we adjust our own DNA and raise the frequency of that, allowing more light to pass through it, we begin to mend these ancestral patternings begin to mend the environmental stresses and the whatever came before this life type of stuff. And no matter how beaten down or bruised or despondent we've become, there's always a way out. And I'll tell you, this year, 2023, has been a powerful reminder for me to get back in alignment with this knowing that I've had for quite some time. And it was only in the last few months after I was brought down to my knees because things weren't working. I had an injury. I had a lot of challenging relationships with different people this year. And it's all pointed me to the simple fact that I have the power inside of me and you have the power inside of you to rewrite your experience of life. And this isn't some like, law of attraction thing. This is epigenetics. This is real. And what I did was I leaned back. I started to take more time for reflection to ease the agitated mind that seeks distractions. For me, it's, it's interesting because it feels like a, a freezing and then a, a tendency to distract myself with well-intentioned ideas, but they originate from the mind, not from the cells of my being. And when I connected back to that, what I realized pretty quick is I can actually just dream the reality that I want to live. And the funny thing is, is that the higher we dream and the fewer, um, three-dimensional obstacles we place into that dream, the more that it seeds us with divine desires, desires that originate from source. And they become unstoppable seeds for powerful change that can have the greatest impact in this world. And sometimes people fear their own greatness or they don't believe it. Or they think, I'm not good enough for that. And that's simply not true. So when you're dreaming, I encourage you to dream big. And to feel yourself in this situation. And to walk through the details of it. And as that feeling begins to rise, 
begins to amplify itself in the body. No matter what came before or what may be coming after, that space is created. And it tames the smallest parts of us, every atom in our body, surrenders to that greater will. And then from there, we begin to migrate realities from the current configuration that we're experiencing into the reality where that divine will lives, where our ideal alignment to it in service of it exists. And that takes time. It does not happen overnight. For some, it will be shorter. For others, it will be longer. It's all dependent on the degree of patterns that we currently have, the attachment to those patterns, and how rooted they are in, to our physical existence. And if you're further along in this, and you already know this stuff at a deep level, and you fail to exercise it, the, cons the consequences become more immediate and they become much greater. There's less tolerance because we're playing with a higher voltage. And such is the case with me this year. <laughs> and I'll be honest about that. I've known this stuff for a long time. There's been years in my life where I've been very much more in alignment with that energy. So for me to get back to it isn't as hard. But when I fall off and I fall out of that alignment, the consequences are greater and the obstacles present themselves almost immediately. And I have a powerful mind that's very clever. And so that mind will resist. But eventually comes a point where it must yield. And in the yielding, there is confusion. There's a lack of clarity. And if one can rest with that confusion, that lack of clarity, and that feeling of being lost, there's a very good chance that they'll find something else, something that's so precious and valuable and simple that helps us to really shift that situation that we're in. As we're traversing between wherever we are now and that higher alignment out of us, we have to remember all phenomena is illusion. And we move in a way where we're neither attracted nor repelled. In doing so, we don't take on anything that comes up in the way. Because stuff will come up. We will see all sorts of stuff getting excavated and unearthed within us, within this landscape of our body where things are locked away, where things are hidden, yet to be excavated. And oftentimes, there's sort of a latent trigger waiting in us. And it's only once we have some sort of external um, stimulus that that latent trigger gets activated. So oftentimes, people will be on their path and something will happen and they'll be like, that changed my life in a difficult way. It created a challenge that I didn't know was there. It's not a bad thing. It's a simple unearthing or a simple um, excavation 
of the underlying force coming up for examination. Again, all phenomena is illusion. We're neither attracted nor repelled by it. Sometimes it gets loud and it gets in our face and it creates real physical problems for us. But again, as Einstein said, the solution to every problem lies in, on a higher order of consciousness. So if we continue to raise the level of our conscious awareness and continue to stay in integrity with the direction, with the vector of our highest alignment, we will easefully flow into a solution. It might feel crunchy. We might have to deal with strong sensations, but it's just like a weather pattern passing through. And once it's gone, it'll just be a relic of the past. And oftentimes, the further we migrate away from the painful state, the state of suffering, the more and more we forget it because it's further and further from the reality that we're currently experiencing. And oftentimes, our attachments, our addictions, our, our bad habits to things, we were like, did I actually have that? Was that me? So I feel like someone completely different now. And it's funny because that's a good sign. It's a sign that there's a progress towards our ideal alignment that's happening. And in many ways, everybody has this ideal alignment, but it looks very different. For some people, it may be being a performer or musician, and it might be a creative expression. And for others, it might be a humanitarian expression. For others, it might involve teaching or working directly with people. For myself, it's working with people, with specifically with leaders, and helping them to come into coherence with their vision and their business. You know, I use the word business, but essentially what I'm talking about is the force of service that we truly feel in our hearts needs to support us financially. And with that, there's usually many different facets of that that need to come into coherence with each other. So our finances, the relationships we have with other people, the um, way in which we engage our work, the times that we work, the people we work with, the way that we communicate, all of these things form a larger body. And especially in today's world, where even though the solution I presented is simple, we're dealing with a complicated world. So in a 3D materialistic way, there are many factors to be considered. And sometimes that involves signing legal documents. Sometimes that involves you know, accounting and paying taxes and all these things. And we have to, we need to get them sorted. You know, what's that old saying? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. I mean, like in a way, it's sort of like here, like this, this is a part of the system. This is the part of the complex modern matrix that we're in. And we need to honor that. We, we need to basically ensure that the gatekeeper is happy. We can't just be for many of us at least, we can't just be uh, completely lackadaisical and um, ignore these things. You don't file your taxes, the tax, the tax agency will come after you. <laughs> Unless you found a way around that, of course. You know, then some people are very clever about these type of things. They've found systems or way of navigating that. Cool. I mean, great. 
that solution was presented to them and they took that solution because that was in their particular alignment. We're all here to purify different parts of the world that we live in. And so for some, some of us, it's lawful to do things that might look like they're quite mundane, might look like they're quite three-dimensional. But we'll know through this process what a relationship is meant to be with these things. And we'll know when we're meant to lawfully engage them. They should feel right to us. Sometimes we're called to care for a dying parent. Sometimes we're called to adopt animals. Sometimes we're called to get into a long, lengthy legal dispute. <laughs> and so in many ways, if we're in alignment, it'll feel rightful. It might not feel fun, but it's rightful. Because we have to remember that there's a lot of hooks generationally that we're carrying to be purified. And so sometimes we can be like, why is this happening to me? And then realize that it's not a personal thing, but it's, it's some aspect of the collective that we are purifying through us. And at some level, we've chosen that. At some level, the more conscious we become, the more we'll understand why this has happened to us. And we'll accept that it's here, it's now, and we need to move through with presence and integrity. I have very few um, absolutes in life. But through the course of living, through seeing both sides of the coin, I've recognized that honesty is something not to compromise on. Presence is also something not to compromise on. That might not be true for everyone, but for me, that seems to be true in every instance I've had. And it's not necessarily that I lie, but I have had a tendency to withhold information that I may have felt guilty of in the past. And now I speak freely, and it feels really good because that energy gets out of me. Much like in the same sense that if we don't embrace what we're here to do, if we don't embrace that ideal configuration that we have, it's inside of us, and it's going to make noise. It doesn't like being contained. It likes being expressed. So if we contain it too long, it's going to start to create real problems in our idea of reality in our life. And so it's a good idea to listen to that. So the third thing I wouldn't compromise on is connecting with our why. So honesty, presence, connecting with our why. Any other sense of morality about whether one should, you know, choice of intimate partners or whether one should, uh, you know, uh, speed their speed while driving. <laughs> that's, that's for each person in each circumstance to, um, to choose. But if, if those pillars of honesty, presence, and embodying your why are in place, for me, I've realized that life works out in one way or another. 
There's consequences for things that have happened in the past that we've done when we're not present. And we then have to rectify them with presence. And before I did this podcast, you know, I took a few moments to reconnect with that. And that's why the tone of voice and the nature of the content today is a little bit different. You know, I, I spent some time because, you know, I also have to say, too, that like when I was going out of alignment, it wasn't a bad thing. It was simply an experiment. I was experimenting with trying to find solutions on a more practical and pragmatic level for people, which involved websites, marketing, you know, copywriting, design work, these sort of things that are practical elements of the cultural milieu that we find ourselves in, especially this um, entrepreneurial, online entrepreneurial world that is becoming more and more popular. And I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. I love this. And I think these skills are essential. But these skills need to be placed within a greater context of why we're doing this. And so the why comes first. When the why comes first, when we tap into that and we reprogram the cells of our body with that why, then we build the structure around it. The structure becomes the ladder to climb the wall, becomes the vehicle to drive in the direction that we're meant to go. And every one of us needs structure. We can't just stay marinating in our beingness. Eventually, ideas will pop into our head. You should go here now. You should create a website. You should contact this person. And that is how mission control from that divine field of intelligence takes physical root in this world by seeding us with these ideas, these divine little what ifs. What if you did this? As long as we're continuously in connection with that source, there are no problems. It becomes very interesting. Sometimes we get premonitions. I was speaking with a woman yesterday. Uh, actually, we recorded a podcast episode, so it'll be live in a few weeks. A woman, two women that were uh, shamanic practitioners that basically in shamanic states of awareness saw things in different countries with people, and they looked very fantastical in the actual shamanic state of awareness and the vision. And then they experienced that in the physical reality exactly as it was presented, which can be shocking at first, but it's also deeply reaffirming of this holographic nature of reality, of the fact that first we see and then it becomes. So I basically wanted to share with you that I've had a recent realization through the process of working with the system I call trifecta. And it's not just an amalgamation of evolutionary astrology, human design, and the gene keys. It's actually turned into something much greater. It's actually turned into a way of identifying what our core purposes, our core wounding, and the way that we're meant to energetically migrate through life, sort of on a day-to-day level. And then from there, shift 
genetically, like on a DNA level, the imbalances and blockages and obstructions and uh, genetic misalignments that prevent us from realizing these things in day-to-day life. And that second part is huge. And the way that that all kind of comes together is through something I call an aim. And this aim is something when I was in my early 20s, I studied a lot of uh, G.I. Gurdjieff, who was a Russian mystic in the early 20th century. He spoke about the aim, and it seemed to elude a lot of people. But what the aim is, and a good example of this for anybody who's familiar with uh, yogic or, or Hindu systems, is essentially that the aim is much like when a yogic practitioner would go to a guru, and the guru would give them a mantra. And that mantra would essentially be used over and over and over again. So the guru would look at the person, be kind of communicating with the divine and the person, and say, you should say this phrase. And it would give the person a phrase to say. And that person would repeat the phrase over and over and over and over again. And by repeating the phrase over and over and over again, the vibration of those words, in Sanskrit being a living language, basically reprograms the cells of the body. So it vibrates. We say the words internally and externally, and the cells of the body begin to vibrate with those words, and it begins to cleanse any impurities, and it begins to realign with the intention and the frequency behind those words. Now, this was often done in, in sort of extreme settings where people would go off to caves and they just repeat the mantra for 40 years, 50 years, and you know, um, do not much else. Or, you know, it became sort of like gymnastics. If you don't repeat the mantra 100 times a day, it won't work type of thing. Well, we can cut ourselves a bit of slack because the uh, cultural situation we're in is different now. Also, the energetics of the planet is different right now. And so what I have found that works very well for myself and the hundreds of people that I've shared this with is essentially if we go into that place within us where our DNA interfaces with the universal, all-pervasive force of love, at that interface, there's a spark of potential. So you have this unified field meeting a complete, individualized, personalized blueprint. Where they meet, you get something lovely. You get an individual expression of divinity. And that creates a very particular feeling in each person. It's not always the same. I've noticed this. There's similarities. There's usually warmth, connection, unity, love, compassion. But there's, you know, different variations of it. And so for each person, though, when they begin to describe what those feelings are like, I usually guide them to create a phrase. So it's kind of like create your own mantra. And then that phrase, because it's born out of this very deep place, and you have to do this in um, a meditative state of awareness. You have to be in the theta brainwave frequency range. You can't do this from like, you know, ordinary beta brain or or sort of like um, cognitive awareness. It has to be from a much deeper place. But when we pull out that phrase and it feels right, it sort of becomes an anchor back to that infinite spark. And it allows us to amplify that. And it allows us to reprogram our own cells. We become the masters of our own epigenetics. 
And it's a beautiful thing because we start to repeat that phrase and it starts to migrate us along different timelines to the ideal reality for us where our greatness lives. It helps us to cleanse the feelings of, self, of low self-worth, of imposter syndrome, of I can't do this, of the broken relationships we've had in our lives, of the times we've failed. All of that becomes a figment of the past when we simply stay anchored into that aim. And maybe that aim will change. You know, Gurdjieff was fairly <clears throat> vague in his explanation of it because he didn't like explanations. At that time in the early 20th century, everybody was very intellectual. There was a very little embodiment around spirituality. And if you've read any books on spirituality from the early 20th century, they're brilliant, absolutely brilliant, but there's a lot of mind involved. And it doesn't reach those deeper layers of our being. So the aim must become embodied. We must feel it in the cells of our body when we repeat it. And we repeat it as often as we remember to repeat it. <laughs> and it can be done very quickly because it's usually a short phrase. I like anywhere from like three to six words. It's perfect. It just becomes like a motto that we just say from time to time and feel it. Feel it rippling through. It becomes sort of like a heartbeat that just ripples through the blood and the fluids of the body. Gently reprogramming them with each utterance of that phrase. We begin to change slowly by slowly by slowly and start noticing our reality shifts with us, our, just, our decision shifts, our thought shifts, synchronicities start to increase. And so this little exercise, this little tuning into the place where our aim lives and uncovering that aim, I must say, is where we start. That's where we start our life's work. Everything up to this point is preparation. We're preparing to start. We're preparing to learn how to relax. We're preparing to learn how to calm the mind. We're preparing to learn how to traverse our inner landscape. These things are very, very helpful because not every person is ready yet to reclaim their aim. There's something called the chronic buffer. Neurologically, the chronic buffer lives between a bright, dominant brainwave frequency of 9 and 11 hertz, and it's like a crust. The minute we begin to relax, we bounce off of it. We bounce back into distraction. I remember when I was in my early 20s and tried to meditate, I was sitting on the couch, on the cushion, 25 minutes, starting to relax. Next thing I know, I'm in the cupboard making a snack. <laughs> That's the power of the chronic buffer. And that chronic buffer is an amalgamation of distractions, attachments, traumas, imprints, lower desires, all commingled into this crusty cocktail that inhibits our ability to, to traverse into deeper states of awareness. So as a result, we must learn the preparatory techniques that will allow us to relax into a deep enough meditative state where we can actually access the blueprint of our being and where that aim is already alive and reclaim it from there. 
And then once we have that aim and it feels right, there is a chance that over time it will shift. We will try doing that again and realize we have a different phrase. And that phrase is now a more refined version of it. It's a higher resolution of that initial aim. Often it doesn't change direction, but the phrase might change. But it's in the same direction. It's just more specific. And it gets more, might get more specific again. Or perhaps it might be a slight course correction because something off of our mission checklist has been completed. Therefore, it's good to check in to see if it still feels good. But this usually happens over long periods of time, not every week. So anchoring into that aim first, enlivening it in our being on a regular basis, and noticing how our reality begins to shift. And that then will help us to create the right type of structure we need to actualize it and express it on a more material level, greater capacity in the world. So it doesn't just stay etheric. It doesn't just stay at the level of the mind. We're not just waving our hands out around while staying at home alone. We're actually out there having an impact, which is essential because most of the people that really need help these days, they're in the world. A lot of people are anxious, depressed, a little bit on edge, and that creates a suppression field for psychic information. Maybe there's an opening at some point and they get it, but essentially, we need to communicate with words and actions in order to really be of service. And so, if you feel ready after listening to this podcast to, or curious at least maybe, to find this aim within you, to bring it forward in the world. <clears throat> and I invite you, because I'm going to actually be hosting this as a regular masterclass. The first one is coming up on Saturday, November 10th. If you're hearing this in the future, just use the same link. It'll be there for whatever date in the future this is. I plan to run these regularly. It kind of hit me. I had an epiphany that this is the most important thing. This is something that I can teach in less than an hour. And it's not really me teaching. I'm not doing anything to you. I'm just facilitating a space that's conducive for you to go inward and find the same. So if this interests you, then please click the link below and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this very interesting different podcast today. I've had a lot of fun doing it. Take care. Mm-hmm.